church hurt and I left the church because of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Is it the church or is it a person? Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because I can say, oh, you know what? I don't even want to go to Southside Baptist Church no more. What does Southside Baptist Church do to you? You was mad at Sister Susie. Right. So you left the church mm-hmm. because one person hurt you. Right. You know, so I would say find out if it's the church mm-hmm. or if it's a person, mm-hmm. because we go to church for one thing to see God. Right. But a lot of people just like in work, you find the person that you click with. And the sad to say it, the church, they are very clickish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But when you go into church looking for the bad, you're going to find the bad. Mm. But when you go to church to see Jesus, you're not going <laughs> to see a lot of the. No, no, no. No, you, you, you onto something. Keep mm. going. But that's the thing, because even for me growing up, I went to church because of people. Mm. I went to church to hang out with my friends. I went to church to do all of this while not knowing that I was still being hurt because of what happened with my father. Right. I'm just going to church, keeping a smile on my face and not understanding why I'm going through these roller coaster modes of ups and downs and things like that. But once I went to therapy and mm-hmm. it was in a down, oh, wait, let me tell y'all. All right. <laughs> OK, let me tell y'all. And, and you know, I'm gonna tell you guys how I really ended up going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, whether you want to or not, you're going to have to seek help. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Picture it. <laughs> I'm driving down the freeway and I was going to my best friend's um, daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. Right. Just came out of a, a relationship and things like that. Hadn't fully dealt with it. Mm. Right. Brush it under the rug. I'm going to be all right. Keep it pushing. Driving down the freeway and everything. And I'm like, OK, I had so much on my mind. And I was like, OK, I know I got to do this, this, this. I got this church going on. I got that. I got to be here. Had a lot on my mind. It took me trying to find my debit card in my room before I left and seeing a lot of the things that I had not thrown away yet from that relationship. Mm. It took me back to that place. And I was like, I'm not understanding why this just really brought me all the way down, Mm. but it's because I didn't deal with it. Mm. And I had to get to the root thanks to my therapist Mm -hmm. of why that happened, you know, and a lot of it became because I did not deal with the hurt of my father leaving. Mm. Right. I put that hurt on the church because my dad was a pastor. Mm. Okay. So I'm driving down the freeway going to the birthday party and I was going through that downward spiral and I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. I was like, something about to happen. The old Ben came back out. Right. I was like, either I'm about to go to this liquor store really quick. We about to go right up over here or something (laughs) because I, I just, I didn't want to deal with it and I did Mm -hmm. not know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it took that pressure in order for me to really seek help. Mm. And it took, and I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I wasn't going to go because I didn't know if she was going to be there. or not. That was the main reason why. And I was like, you know what it is what it is, but whatever. So it took me trying to get off the freeway because I was like, I'm about to do this. I'm about to go here. I couldn't reach nobody. Couldn't nothing. Right. It took this lady or whoever was in this car in front of me. They had a bumper sticker, right? <laughs> Funny thing. The bumper sticker said, be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that you should not be moved. And I was like, okay, God, what does this mean? And the Lord was like, do you really want to be held? Mm. Because you got to get to your root. Mm. And I said, okay, what does this mean? Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You can withstand anything, 
that water may come and may blow or whatever may happen with those strong waves, but the roots in that tree never move. Mm. So once you get to the root of that problem, it can help you to move past a lot of different things. So got on Google typed in a black <laughs> holistic therapist mm. because I not only wanted the spiritual side, but give me a little of the world side as well right. and tell me how I can bring this into the church. Mm -hmm. So that's really how I got into therapy. And it's one of the biggest things that's really helped me. And I feel like when you know what it is and can get to the root of that problem, that will help you get past the hurt to be mm -hmm. able to get back into church. Right. If that makes sense. Ooh, I know it was, was a little lengthy. No, no, no. That's a great story. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure if you wanted to add anything to that, because, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to know your perspective on, you know, church hurt and how to heal from that. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely I can attest to what Ben is saying about it being a person or, you know, whatever I know with my family. Um, and even now, any I don't really deal with church hurt now. I, I And I guess I can share my story. But um, anytime that there is something that I'm like, OK, I will put it in the category of church hurt. It mostly is from family because mm -hmm. my family was, you know, the entire church. So getting to a point of like yes I, and i also do believe that we put too much into leaders and the people that are in high positions right that was something for me when i went through the stuff that i went through with my family i realized they were coming at me because of situations that i was dealing with and god allowed me to see that the same way that i had a flaw they you know had a flaw as well mm -hmm. so i mean people know i don't share it often as much anymore but i dealt with or lived a life of homosexuality for probably about like 10 years, you know, growing up and stuff and grew up in a Kojic household, you know, grew up Ooh. in with Kojic. Kojic was just everything, right. you know, right. so dealt with that. Um, Once they initially, my grandfather essentially, and this is so churchy, one <laughs> Sunday he pulled me to the side during Sunday school. He was like, I want to talk to you after church. So mind you, back then we were in church from, we stayed at church from eight to eight, Ooh, you know, man. so you had prayer, Ooh. you had Sunday school, you had 11 o'clock service, then you ate and then you had pastoral Ooh. teaching at five. So I had to wait until after the five o'clock service to have this conversation with him. And then, you know, anytime pastor come up to you talking about they need to talk, it's like, what do we need to talk about? Right. So mm -hmm. right. I'm a freshman in college and um, he sits me down It's me, him, my grandmother, my parents and the an elder and nobody else is in the church, but we're sitting in the church. And he's like, yeah, I had a dream that you um, were dating females. And I'm sitting there like he had a dream. He said he had a dream. So, mind you, we've had conversations. My dad has asked me, you know, before and all throughout. I hoop. So that was the thing. Like, well, is this what you're dealing with? Whatever. And I would always say no. Um, and I have my reasons or whatever. But he um, he asked me in front. And I'm sitting there like I'm sitting in front of all these ministers and right. I'm sitting in front of the church. So I go, yeah, that's that's where I'm at you know, in life or whatever. So all hell breaks loose. My parents end up leaving me there. Also, the Friday before I'm in college, I'm playing basketball in college. I broke my foot the Friday before. So I'm on crutches. And I and the the trainer told me not to go to the doctor because we're in playoffs. And she was like, if the doctor puts you on a two week um, you're off, then you won't be able to play for playoffs for sure, because we have to honor the doctor's wishes. So mm -hmm. she was like, if the swelling goes down by Monday, we can put you back in or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what was wrong. I couldn't walk on my foot, though. So they left, but they ended up leaving me. So my granddad is like, so what is your plan? And I'm like, sorry, you didn't tell me that she was going to ask me this today. Like, I'm right. like, you should have a plan for me. 
So ended up um, going home with him. We had Bible study like on a Tuesday. So everybody that was in the first meeting um, was here for this meeting. And my parents were like, all these rules, I like, got to be home by 1 p.m. You need to, you're not going to play basketball. We're going to take your phone. I'm, I'm 18, 19, 18, I think. Um, and I'm so emotionally spent. I'm, yeah, that's, I'm that was going to be my next yeah. question. Like, how did you feel? Yeah, going through that, that. Yeah. It, emotionally spent. So I'm like, OK, whatever you you want me to make hot dogs every two minutes. Cool. I'll do that because I just don't have the wherewithal to keep dealing with this. Right. And then also for 10 years. So at at that point, it had probably been about seven years. So I had dealt with that from when I was in elementary. Mm. The mental strain of that going to this Kojic church knowing all those rules that they're anti this <laughs> mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. completely anti it right. but i feel this way i fought it for so long there were times where i'm like okay i'm not gonna do this i would be tormented in my dreams mm -hmm. you know like there was a lot of stuff so i'm like i fought it and i feel like it was also it robbed me of my childhood because mm -hmm. people are like oh you have an old soul or whatever and i'm like i have to grow up quick because i hid that mm -hmm. you know from my family so Going through all of that, at that point, it had been seven to eight years. So when they were upset and they tripped out on me, I was like, y'all don't understand how much I've been fighting this silently for you. Right. From elementary. Right. Like a nine-year-old fighting that? Like, that's not right. right. If if you guys, and that was the thing, too, that I speak to people, too. You'll have people who will call things out in prayer, but they won't sit down with you and talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to, oh, we bind the spirit of lesbianism in church while you praying for me. But you never sat down with me and asked me, how you is feel? this what you're right. going right. through or is this? And the only time that it did happen after all those years of calling it out was when I was 18 and y'all tripped. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, I've been fighting this all this time, elementary, middle school. This is a mental strain. I wasn't in therapy and, and I won't even say I, I won't blast my family like that and say some of the things that they said as related to therapy, but um, went through all of that. So when they tripped on me, I was like, I've been fighting this for all this time for y'all because y'all have told me that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're going to come in here and get mad at me. Right. right. I was right. like, I'm gone. Like, I'm, made you feel <laughs> I was like, terrible, oh, forget right? y'all. Yeah. So um, went through that. They said whatever. I ended up going home with my parents it was some mess. And I remember feeling like my parents didn't raise us in turmoil or like toxicity. That was probably the most toxic that house had ever been for me. Mm. And I felt sick. I was like, I didn't eat anything. Like, I don't know what it was. I felt sick. So I ended up leaving. I ended up going to the, the girl that I was dating. I ended up going to her house. Mind you, my parents said I had to be home at 1 PM. So, and I was on crutches mm. and I couldn't walk and nobody took me to the doctor. So I remember being like, I didn't have a car, so I would have to get the catch the bus to go back home. And I remember calling my mom being like, I'm going to move out because I don't feel like going home. And I know that y'all said, you know, do whatever. Call my mom or my dad, one of them. Um, and after that, I, I left um, and didn't talk to my parents for maybe about a year. Wow. Yeah. Like they were blocked in my phone. Like it was um, it was a whole thing, wow. you know, so we talk about church hurt, you know, and yeah. that's something that's that I'm levels. very, that's, that's more than right. Church. That's, that's like, and, and that's something that I'm very careful to share. Now y'all see me with my mom, you know, it's a, the story, you know, it's a, it there's better. a beautiful, yeah. you know, yeah. ending right. to the story right. or whatever, right. but I'm saying in that 
um, in that time, that was when I really got to know God because I, I lost my support system. Mm-hmm. I was a little church girl that grew up in Carson. Um, three little brothers came from a two parent household. We went to church every Sunday. You know, I played basketball. I was sheltered. Mm-hmm. And then I lost all of that mm-hmm. and was in college, had a broke foot, had to get it out the mud essentially was right. out here, you know, doing a whole bunch you of stuff. Still kind yeah. of a child. At yeah. That, but you so know at 18, you, you know, yeah. left and did, you know, whatever. Right. And, um, you know, the, like I said, the story gets better. Y'all now have seen me with my parents and see that stuff got better. But during that time, it was like these people that pushed God to me or yeah, that introduced me to God. And they got up and they preached love every Sunday. But when it hit the fan and it was me, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, okay, y'all are so mad at me, but God is still waking me up. Even though I wasn't living right, complete, you know, completely, I wasn't living right at all. That wasn't the lifestyle, you know, that God had for my life, but he still was waking me up every day. He's, I mean, like, and I don't want to get emotional, but going from, being sheltered we went to you know going two-parent household having all of that to not having anything Mm -hmm. and not having to do nothing strange for some change like you know not having to go out there and sell nothing like he really kept me you know um while i was out there and i don't want to cry about this he really kept me so that was when i really learned the character of god Mm -hmm. because i was like these people are so mad at me they're so upset because of a struggle not right. even a complete like i want to defy god you know a struggle mm-hmm. that i decided to you know live in or do whatever um but i learned like okay god really does lo- want to love you out of these negative situations mm-hmm. you know he wants to love you and he did mm-hmm. you know and i'm able to get to this place where that's not my lifestyle i'm now a whole like youth leader you know so people didn't see when they asked me that in front of that group and they decided mm-hmm. to have their negative feelings. They didn't see today. Right. They didn't think like, well, if we carefully deal with this situation, she may have a way out of this. Right. They just were upset and right. did, you know, whatever they did. And in that moment, in those moments of me realizing like God was so faithful to me, God didn't allow anything to happen to me. Um, I can go down the list of there's so many situations mm-hmm. where it was like, I'm here. My foot and I'll just share this. My foot was broke. I was living with a teammate. When I moved out of that house, there was some type of case going on with the my teammate's dad. My teammate calls me and goes, did my dad ever touch you inappropriately? And I go, no. And she goes, well, yeah, my cousins are claiming that he did. When I was in that house, my foot was broke. Meaning if he wanted to, I could not you really get away really defend yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was a whole thing going on in that house while I was living there mm-hmm. that did not even come to me. Mm-hmm. And it was something where he ended up getting charged for that. So the stuff did happen. Wow. So it's so many stories like that where it's like God covered you. where mm-hmm. I learned his character during that time mm-hmm. in the midst of being pushed aside by people that claimed him. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bashing to my family. The story needs to be told because we talk about church hurt. Right. Um, But that's when I realized, like I said, they were just as flawed because they weren't showing love during that time. Mm -hmm. And that was just as bad as me doing what I was doing. Mm. So that's when I learned like, 
I don't put these leaders on pedestals because I saw all of the people that raised me right. turn their back essentially on the word of God. Not even I mean, we talk right. about me, but essentially on what he has required for us to do, which is love. And that love was not there. Right. So for me, it was like, you know, you, in order to get over that church hurt, you have to realize that these people are are flawed. Right. And even though it's the people they're pushing. Yeah, yeah, they're. Right. And it, and and that's what it is like. They're flawed. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you again. They're going to keep hurting you. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like your refuge, your foundation has to, you know, be God. It has right. to be that. So and you have I know to that remember was like a whole that like, no, I, I love this. I love this because it's like it shows that God showed you grace and you mm. were able to show grace <laughs> to your family and forgive them for all that. And now yeah. you guys have a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think that is something that resonates with me as well. Um, grace. Oh, it's so sufficient. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's just grace. <laughs> like when, when, and me and my dad were talking about this last night. I, I know it sounds like wrong, but I feel like you have to go through something to really understand. Yeah. Seriously. You know what I'm saying? It's like, once you go through something like where yeah. you like kind of hit rock bottom, mm -hmm. it's like, you really see the power. Yeah. Man. You know, and then that's how you're able to develop that relationship. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really it's grace. It's grace. And God's grace is so sufficient. Right. right? It is so sufficient. And a lot of people don't even know that because they don't have the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the biggest thing. We got to have a relationship with God first, mm -hmm. you know, and really allow God to do the healing process. Yeah. Right. And I can <laughs> woo, let me tell you, his grace is so good. Right. A lot of people don't know this. There's a select handful of people that do, right? But there was a point in time in my early early young adult years where I literally thought everything was getting ready to come crashing down, mm -hmm. right? Because going back to the soul ties and things like that, right? It came up that a young lady might be pregnant by me. Now it's like it's getting real. What do I do? <laughs> right, right. You know, how do I handle this? What you know, the I, first person I called was my best friend. Mm -hmm. Right. How did how, I don't know what to do? Oh he was like, dude, calm down. Mm. Right. Called my mom. She literally left from her desk to talk to me for over an hour and a half. Right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just a disappointment, but it's almost essentially like one of those things where I have such high hopes for you. Mm. You let me down. Right. And it's like, okay, God, I guess this is just it. You know, I'm going to be a father. I'm going to step up and do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. You know, fast forward and everything kid wasn't mine, you know, mm. oh, <laughs> thank okay. Jesus. Thank God Lord. works in a mysterious way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it taught me, it really taught me something, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that it's like, yes, being in ministry and being in the church, but I'm still human in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And it took that for me to really know I got to have my relationship with God for myself mm -hmm. to be able to know who he is mm -hmm. in my life for me. And so like, even right now, like I haven't been able to talk to my therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but it made me wonder who does a therapist talk to when a therapist needs help? Mm -hmm. So, therapist, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a therapist. I'm like, <laughs> you know, hopefully, yeah, right. hopefully. yeah, hopefully, yeah, you know, but like, 
I check in with my therapist from time to time and, mm-hmm. you know, just to see how she's doing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, she's really going through a challenge, losing her, um, her husband. Mm. And it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, Hey, you take your time. You do what you need to do. Right. I need you to be whole for me so I can, you know, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I need you to be there. Yeah, yeah. Be there for me. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, how do you think we can get people to understand that therapy and Christianity can work together because I was just looking, I was doing a lot of research before this episode and it was like 90% of the African-Americans that they surveyed said they would prefer church over therapy. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, today people are more open to the idea of therapy, but they're not actually signing up to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So what do you think maybe the church can do to kind of encourage that a bit more and not say like, Oh no, you, you, you need to pray it away. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, I get kids that come into my office and like, Oh, my mom doesn't want me to do therapy because it's going to get in the way of church. And I said, what? And that's no. the <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I've heard so right. many yeah, I'm like, crazy things no, 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 as no, to no, why. No, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to tell her, I was like, no, still go to church. Still yeah. mm-hmm. pray. St- whatever you do, that's that's a great coping skill, honestly. Right. You know? Um, so what would you say like the church could do to kind of bridge that gap? Pastor. Oh, oh well, the, the, oh, okay. Go, <laughs> oh. Wait, go well, ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Pastor. <laughs> All right now. Okay. Because <laughs> you're a pastor that goes to therapy. So I feel mm. like you would have a great. <laughs> um, I would say <laughs> hopefully before it gets bad, you can see that you need the help. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was your question though? How can the church kind of integrate like the mental health mm. within the church instead mm-hmm. of just saying like oh no there don't do therapy or you know that's you know what i'm saying like right, i'm trying right. to see how we can bridge the gap to encourage more people within the church mm-hmm. to get therapy because I, like when you said your story like it was about your dad and that hurt from your dad and then you blamed it on the church it's like therapy helped you break that down to even know mm-hmm. the difference you get what i'm saying but you also still was in the word and still was preaching so how can the church kind of bridge that gap all right i got you here's the thing the lord has placed a lot of great people here on this earth mm-hmm. to do a lot of good things mm-hmm. yeah and this is why doctors go to school right right And if it was not for these doctors going to school to get the understanding, to know how to help people to deal with certain things. Right. I believe in a lot of Christians and I know that a lot of them go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You put a lot of hope, faith and trust in your surgeons. Right. That while you're on this operating table, they're going to do what the Lord has commissioned them to do. Right. So you can wake (laughs) up from that operating table. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You trust a dentist to go into your mouth prayerfully, not breaking any teeth. <laughs> prayerfully. <laughs> yep. Yep. We ought to put the same trust into our mental health mm. to make sure that we ourselves are stable. And I believe that if a lot of pastors yeah. can see that, yeah, pastors need the therapy as well. 
a lot of them want to deal with the pillow talk. Pillow talk is great. But when I'm pillow talking, I'm not pillow talking about my issues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pillow talk. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, it's great to talk to your spouse about a lot of things, but sometimes you need a third person that don't know nothing right. about you. Yeah. Objective. So objective you can be open person. and honest and be 100 percent and right. say what you feel and feel what you need to say. Right. You know, and I believe that if a lot of pastors can catch the concept of mental health needs to be addressed and mm-hmm. mental health is a thing that's um, rising up in the church. Yeah. They first need to deal with the mental health because it has to start from the top and work its way on down. Because mm-hmm. if the people don't see that the leaders is getting help because you see a perfect leader mm-hmm. without seeing the imperfect leader, mm-hmm. then at that particular point, once you start spiraling down and everything happens, then you just like, I need help and I don't know what to do. It comes to that point. So if the leaders can encourage the people, but the leaders have to catch the concept first. Yeah. And I've made a post uh, recently and, and it's something that I even have. Um, I plan to try to help introduce in like our jurisdiction in our church is that these leaders, you know, uh, they're getting licensed, but there needs to be some type of requirement for them to be in therapy. Mm. And for mm. me, a lot of the conversations that I'm having now where you'll have people because there are people that are outside of the church talking about the church hurt that they went through, but you have so many people that are in the church that are also holding on to that hurt too. And it's funny because I'll be in conversations with people and they'll be like, yeah, I went through this church hurt and this person did that to me and I had to leave that church and do this. Or when I was growing up or they maybe had a story like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, Oh, okay. And then you get to the end of it and I'm like, well, what about therapy? And they're like, no, 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 I'm okay. And I said, but you just took me through this whole journey right. and all this hurt that you went through <laughs> exactly. and all this mess and, all, and how it bothered you and how you had to leave this place and do all of this. And you think you don't need therapy? Right. And I'm like, I understand it because I was, the like I said, I came from a two-parent household. I grew up in the church. They taught me the word. I knew the word. I had a relationship with God. I prayed. I, I wasn't going through like depression or anything, you know. And when I went through that, I also was like still holding on to God. But I remember when I went to therapy for the first time and I never mentioned that story to my therapist because I thought I was done with it. It was, I went to therapy maybe five years after that whole situation kind of resolved. Mm -hmm. So the relationship with my parents was good. I was living cool, whatever. I randomly was like bringing it up for some context of a situation that was happening in real time. Mm -hmm. And she goes, why have you never mentioned it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't think I needed to. And she was like, have you done like any like have you talked to anybody about it and I was like no Mm. and she was just like we need to talk about that the whole story that I just told you now I'm like what and how I was holding on to all of that yeah all of that thinking I was good Mm -hmm. and it's like yes no it wasn't a traumatic you know childhood that I went through or whatever but it's like don't sit up here and tell me that you went through church hurt. We can validate your church hurt, but don't say I'm okay. I don't need to go to therapy, but you want to still cry church hurt. Right. You need to, you know, go to therapy. And I think, like he said, it starts with the leaders. Our leaders need to get in to therapy and they, people will sit up here and talk about it in the pulpit and say, your mental health matters. You're this, but I realized that it's so people are so fearful of taking that first step and going to actually sit in the chair Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's actual work. When you go down on that altar and you pray, those are words that you're speaking to God or you're listening to God going to therapy or actually reading the word and doing what it says for him to like for you to be healed, going to therapy and actually dealing with your mess. That is not comfortable. Healing it's is not. not you think about a broken bone, Ooh. healing that back together is not comfortable. Right. Oh, man. 
it's, it's broke. Not. It has to get back. There's going to be pain there, right. you know? So it's like, I understand it. Um, but we also like our leaders need to be in therapy. We need to be vulnerable and say, no, hey, like I went through X, Y and Z. Yes, I had God, but I still was broken. Mm. A lot of the, a lot of these preachers suicide it, for preachers is higher yeah. than they want to talk about. Mm. It's higher than they want to talk about. So it's like, OK, so what are we doing? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not, you know, preachers, preachers are saying, oh, I need a sabbatical. OK, so you went on vacation, but you ain't healed from the stuff that you right. needed a break from. They suppress right. it. Like right. even just being over the youth at my church, the stuff that I deal with, <laughs> the stuff that I deal with and the way that I have to compress my feelings because I'm a minister mm-hmm. and I have to make sure that I don't go off on these parents right. because I have to make sure that I keep the the relationship with the kids. Right, right, right. Child, I need to be in therapy. Right. My therapist know all about this mess. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, it's not, and you think like, oh no, you're a minister. Like, oh my God, like it, you must have it all together and you must really just talk to God and know you you shouldn't need anything else. No, God keeps me accountable and the word keeps me accountable, but I do need somebody to talk to that's like, yeah, they, they kind of went stripping and you did good, you know? And sometimes right. that's it too. You need to hear that coming back and because i'm in ministry i can't share everything with everybody right mm-hmm. i don't exactly want to tell everybody's yeah. business so that person that yeah. don't know nobody that goes to my church i'm like yo yeah they was they was <laughs> right. wilding and it, this was a private conversation but they took me there and i kind of had to sit here so that i think it, it's even more so why for ministers because you don't want to run around with everybody's business right you don't want to go around telling everybody and then now people feeling away about whatever but you you need that like I, I think it's it's so important i'm you know very new into this um being in like leadership but i'm like just in these short months my god my right. therapist is like yeah. girl what is going on <laughs> right you know, but we need it and i can imagine i tell my pastor and my first lady all the time like the, the little corner that I'm dealing with with the kids. Right. And y'all got this whole, whole congregation. Church. Yeah. I'm lot. like, my God today. And I'm, and we just, we talk about, we talk all the time about this little corner. And then y'all got to go and talk to this person in this ministry and this person in this ministry. Right. And I'm like, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing is, for pastors and leaders, ministry does not stop when they leave the church. Yeah. That's why they, it's 24 7. It's 24 7. But that's why making sure that our leaders' mental health is very vital and it's so important. And if leaders can just catch that vision to know like, hey, it's it's necessary to really take care of me Mm -hmm. so I can be beneficial to the people of God. Mm -hmm. You know, because then, like I said, a lot of that happens when you start preaching out of a place of hurt, out Mm -hmm. of a place of you know, depression and anger and thing, you know, like when you start hearing pastors pouring out the business in the church, yeah, you know, because it's like a teapot. Right. And they fed up probably. Right. You know that's I mean? so, but exactly. you're not handling it the right, right. way. Exactly. Right. Mm, right. So it's like, you can only hold in so much before you spew out, mm-hmm. whether it's going to happen on your family, whether it's going to happen on the church, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And everybody reaches a breaking point. Right. And I want to add on when you do go to therapy. So even for like me, even with my kids, we, or my youth, I don't like calling them kids. But um, so I have an older bunch, the like 18 to 22 year olds. And we went out to brunch. And at the end of brunch, there's some free therapy resources. Mm. So I had them sign up for it, had them sign up. They're getting their therapy, you know, courses now. 
I was like, like I said before, God was like, stop complaining and be what you wish you had. Right. If right. the people that were in leadership, when I was going through what I was going through, when I was struggling with that, when I was in elementary, forget when they asked me when I was in college, but when I was there, if they were tapping into their mental health, they would have seen that I was broken and needed help myself mm. and been able to help me. Right. So when you help yourself, you're able yeah. to help others because I'm in therapy now. The 18 year olds that I have, I'm giving them access to therapy right. too, so that they don't have to, to be go through the same thing. Yeah. That so that, and right. it's not about like trying to be the best person or do whatever. It's like, yes, it, it may be scary or whatever, but after a while you're going to get comfortable and that therapy right. is going to be something. Yeah. It's actually part of your self care, but it, it really showed me because they didn't access their healing. And that's why I extended so much grace to my family mm -hmm. because I knew they weren't in therapy. Mm -hmm. right. So how, how would you be able to help me? Right. Yes, you were my parent. Yes, you were my grandparent, but you didn't, you didn't know what healing outside of the altar looked like. Correct. Mm -hmm. You didn't know what deliverance outside of just laying somebody out on the altar looked like. So that's what y'all thought was going to work for me. I didn't get true healing and deliverance until I really had to sit down on myself and work some things out. Right. You know, I right. really talk to people and people right. ask me like, well, how did that make you feel? And I'm like, oh, that whole situation. Nobody ever asked me that. Mm -hmm. You know, like they never asked. So having to process that and just getting that thought out, that did so much. When my therapist was like, we need to talk about that. The little girl in me was like, <laughs> wow, nobody has ever right. asked me like, to talk about like, this. Thank you. Like, yes. Yeah. Right. So it's like right. when you do the healing for yourself and you realize that it's not as bad as you think it is you help right. you can help other people right so it's, it, it makes me even more want to push like if you aren't in therapy like my i wouldn't have no pastor that wasn't didn't go to therapy himself mm. because what are we doing right you know like mm. what are you know and granted we've had them and and whatever but i'm like you you need to deal with that i being in, in the pulpit pulling from god and getting the revelation that's one thing but when people are hurting Yep. And when you're hurting and you're not talking to anybody, what like how are you able to really pour in and pour right. out, you know, mm -hmm. exactly. and do all of that? But I think can't pour from yeah, an empty cup. That, that's the key no. is like you need to experience it for yourself so that you mm -hmm. can help other people. Right. And the biggest thing, too, that a lot of our pastors, <laughs> they deal with when they some of them are hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. After they lose a spouse. Yeah. Mm. Let's be honest. Mm. They need to go to grief counseling. Right. Let's right. Be, but that's, yeah. a, you know, another that's, conversation. That's, that's, that's another a whole other conversation. Right. But, you know, <laughs> you guys are saying, like, exactly what's on my mind. Like, mm. I feel like. What's on your mind, Nia? What's <laughs> no, on your no, mind? I, there's, there's nothing else that needs to be said because <laughs> you guys touched on every part of why therapy can be helpful in the ministry, in church. Yeah. And I just want to really thank you for for coming and this went way better than i could even oh, wow. expect it you guys just like you because everything you know sometimes when you get guests you you want them to say certain things or hit certain points y'all perfect perfect you hit it thank the you. nail on yeah. the head i'm glad oh i'm so happy that you guys joined us today um benjamin i want you to tell the people where can they find you when can they see you preach when you preach next <laughs> If they want to get a good word, we? how can they find you? <laughs> Funny thing is, I got to preach in the morning. <laughs> okay. Um, But no, follow me on social media. Like, let's connect and let's stay connected. You know, I love everybody. So um, you can find me on Facebook. 
Okay. One of two pages, I believe. I think. Yes. Just type in my name. <laughs> right. Benjamin Sheffield. We're going to put it at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> and your Instagram. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What's your Instagram? Um, my uh, Instagram is official Benjamin Sheffield. Mm-hmm. I think. It might be the official. Benjamin no, I Sheffield. think it's official Benjamin is Sheffield. It? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, follow me on TikTok. Oh, you got Come a TikTok on. too? Bishop's on TikTok. <laughs> you be preaching the word on TikTok? <laughs> no, I be trying to do some TikToks. Oh, okay. I was about yeah, to yeah, say, yeah, I yeah, might yeah. need to tap into that. Um, <laughs> word. And your conference. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Nia. Mm-hmm. Where's the conference? <laughs> I might have to pull up. Pull up on me. <laughs> it's um, June 8th through 11th, and it's going to okay. be in Marina Valley at the Powerhouse Church of God in Christ on Frederick Street. Um, so excited about this year's conference, right? The basis of it is, and it kind of ties into this as well, too, going back to the basics, right? And the basics of how the conference got started was we started out as a revival. Mm-hmm. And so then when the Lord branched us out into going into a full-fledged conference, you know, it took a lot of faith into trusting God and to really knowing God, but it came through having that relationship with mm-hmm. God, right? So, um, but yeah, I'm super excited about this young youth and young adult conference, like just from where we started in 2015 as a revival to launching into a full-fledged conference here, you know, a few years later, and we've grown leaps and bounds, you know, now we do outreach and I'm excited about that, that we can be able to get out into the community. Um, you know, it is a nonprofit organization as well. And so I just, I'm grateful that people believe and see the God in me mm-hmm. and the gift and ability of God. So yes, pull up on me. You can find the flyer and information on my Facebook pages, on my Instagram. Um, yeah. So I, and I am doing a lot more posting. You, you, I, I told him about that in you this know. week. <laughs> trying to get the youth back in church, y'all. Yes. So you have to be, and that's the thing too, just being more active. Um, you know, there's just the responsibility with people that are, you know, Because like this us. face deserves to be seen. Talk, talk about it. Amen. <laughs> the camera died? Oh, oh okay. Oh, wait, you, but Jazz didn't get to give her information. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. Oh. It's we're, okay. Oh, we're gonna we're, have to edit that. Yeah, we can edit that. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I edit all the stuff. But um, Jasmine, do you want to share how people can find you, New Black History Makers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So on, uh, you can find or follow New Black History Makers on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. You can shop with us at the Fox Hills Mall. Um, hey. We're on the second floor by Macy's, and then also you can shop online. We have a whole bunch. I don't have merch on today, but. Um, you can go get you some merch. They say I'm a new black history maker, making history, watch us make history, all types of different bold statements. And then you can follow me at Gates Presents on um Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Nia, yeah. How can we you. stay connected with you? Well, I was gonna get to that, but I just wanted to close and like mm. thank you guys for sharing that because I really do think that this episode is going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is the the purpose of this show is to be vulnerable and show people like it's okay to get help. Yeah. Right? And we can heal from those things that we've been through. And I just wanted to, you know, thank you guys for both sharing your story because those thank you guys were very vulnerable in this mm-hmm. episode. So I just want to thank you for that. It's growth. I know you got that, me being emotional on this. Man, <laughs> but that that is what people need to hear mm-hmm. so that they can get back to that relationship. And that's God. growth for me because I used to be very closed off, but that's mm. another we that's, gonna, yeah. Ben's that's, gonna be all yeah, over. Ben might need another episode. <laughs> right. Um but yeah. it's a lot of layers. But I'm I'm <laughs> grateful too, and I think that 
you know, like I keep saying, and even with yourself, like we have a responsibility to be that, you know, Mm -hmm. like even to tell the story, like, and I realize now I didn't go through that to be broken. You know, I went through that to tell it here, you know, to help, you know, the youth or whatever. And same with our own individual story. So um, I'm committed to it, you know, committed to, I know you are and Ben, he's committed to it with, you know, the work that he's doing. So this is us being, benefits of the church but then also holding the church accountable but then also willing to do the work to make sure the church is growing right exactly thank you so much for having me yes like i'm for real this is great i'm so great you're not hesitant no more no it it wasn't a bad hesitant i was just it was nervous hesitant you know i've never done anything on the scale like that so really thank you so much for having me surprised yourself yes yeah yes well, that has been another episode of What's Good With You. You can find us on Instagram at double underscore What's Good With You. And we also are on YouTube and TikTok. And right now I have on some What's Good With You merch. So if you want any merch, you can find that on whatsgoodwithyoupod.com. And that has been another episode. Thank you, guys. Yeah. You guys did great. <laughs> you guys did great. I mean, Jasmine's professional. Yeah, you, yeah. You did great. You did great.